Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon. And I'm AY. This is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105, 1 FM, Richmond's home for the best damn play-by-play, sports talk, and more right here on 910 The Fan. We will catch up with Bill Roth for the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. It's a VCU game day, and I've got a very special guest at 2 p.m., former VCU point guard turned assistant coach Darius Theus will join the program at 2 p.m. ahead of the Rams game tonight against Radford from the Siegel Center. And there was a lot going on in the NBA last night. And, of course, that's where we will begin We'll talk Wiz at 1230 here on a Wizards Wednesday with Dave Johnson, play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards. But first, a rumble in the NBA. That is our lead on the Sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. Sports app. All right, everybody's talking about it on social media. The fight. Last night in the NBA, without a basket even being scored. What does that show you? Well, it shows me that these guys on the Warriors simply did not want to play the game last night. I mean, Draymond Green basically said, oh, in-season tournament, I'll raise you a five-game suspension. I don't need to play. Load management is more important. Okay, Draymond. I mean, what is he thinking last night? Choking Rudy Gobert. As the game just began, the score is 0-0. How does that happen? In an NBA game. Let's take a listen to the audio of the brawl between the T-Wolves and the Warriors. Ant pulls up on a straightaway three. It's off the front rim. No. And the rebound to Draymond Green. Ant did not have. Oh! Jaden McDaniels and Clay Thompson are throwing punches at one another. they got to be separated. Now someone's got Rudy in a headlock. It's Draymond. Someone get that dude in a headlock. <laughs> Two teams have to be separated. Jaden is hot. Rudy got tackled to the floor. Somehow, Draymond just got Rudy around the neck from behind. Like, what is that? Crowds into it. Rudy's pointing down at Draymond Green. I mean, as soon as someone has Rudy in a headlock, how are you not wrapping up Draymond and getting him around the face? Well, if he couldn't hate Draymond Green anymore, just add this to the list. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of Draymond Green. I mean, this is not... Uh, what is this, UFC? What is this, WWE, Draymond? Are you kidding me? T-Wolves go on to win 104-101 to thanks to 33 points from Carl Anthony Towns. Ant Edwards, Anthony Edwards with 24-4 and as well. And good for the T-Wolves getting the win as the Warriors lose Draymond Green. And uh, I believe he'll be suspended for at least five games, maybe longer. Um, it's not like he brought guns to the locker room like John Morant, but my goodness. Choking out Rudy Gobert as the game is beginning is just embarrassing. And, uh, I mean, just so frustrating. Here's Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, talking about the incident after the game. The Draymond piece of it, um, if you watch the replay, Rudy had his uh, hands on Clay's neck, and that's why Draymond went after Rudy. I saw one replay um, right after it happened. Um, the guys on the back of the bench were telling us uh, <clears throat> that Rudy had Draymond uh, or had Clay, and that's why Draymond went went at Rudy. So that's all I all I know. Um, but it was, yeah, a bizarre way to start the game a minute and a half in. Yeah, bizarre for sure. And uh, I don't know what replay he's talking about. I get it. He's trying to 
make Draymond look better, but he had no need to choke Rudy Gobert. And it wasn't like, like I was showing the replay to my friends last night. It wasn't like he just choked him and then walked away. He was choking him like I'm grabbing this microphone and yanking him the next five feet to ten feet across the court. It was embarrassing. He was going for the kill. Yes, he was going for the kill. And J.D. McDaniels is the one that apparently started this thing with the T-Wolves, and he gave his thoughts on the ejection for the Warriors' Draymond Green, putting his hands on the throat of Rudy Gobert. Here's Jaden McDaniels after the game. I think it's so Frankly, there's so much competition. There's so much interest in sports, particularly this no, time of year. No, this isn't the clip. That's fine. Just move past it. We'll go it over now. to college basketball here on the Sports app. So you had two really good matchups last night. Uh, a buddy of mine had friends over to watch the game, and, of course, he's a Kentucky fan, and that was the late game Kentucky against Kansas. But first it was Duke against Michigan State, and uh, – Look, this was a, a good game here, back-and-forth battle. Uh, Duke had an early lead, but Michigan State fought back, brought it to single digits in the second half. But Duke, too powerful with their big man down low, Kyle Filipowski, and their guards. Tyrese Proctor had 13 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. And Jeremy Roach, who I interviewed at ACC tip-off uh, with a solid performance, 7 points, 5 assists, leading the way for the Duke Blue Devils, who get past Michigan State 74-65. to And it was Caleb Foster off the bench, knocking down this clutch three-point shot. Here's the call on ESPN. There's Proctor running some time off the clock, dribbling to the right, six to shoot. Finds Foster again, right wing three, goes down again! Four triples for Caleb Foster, the freshman. Yeah, the freshman providing a ton of buckets off the bench, 18 points and three rebounds. As number nine, Duke defeats number 18, Michigan State, 74 to 65. We go over to the late game, which was the one seed right now, number one team in college basketball, 4 0 Kansas Jayhawks facing off against 17th ranked the Kentucky Wildcats. And uh, Kentucky has a really young roster, a ton, ton of talented freshmen. But the freshman put up 48 points in the first half and had a seven-point advantage. I actually went to sleep with Kentucky holding an eight-point lead in the second half. I woke up shocked to see that although Kentucky scored 48 in the first, Kansas put up 48 in the second, came back, and won the game 89-84. to And it was K.J. Adams who finished off an alley-oop with a dunk as number one Kansas defeats Kentucky 89-84. to Three-pointer short from Justin Edwards. Airball. They will yell airball as McCullough feeds a rolling Adams at the rim for the alley-oop slam. Timeout called by John Calipari, and Kansas is back within four. So, of course, he had a good game. Uh, Dejon Harris Jr. had a good game for, uh, for Kansas, but I thought it was Hunter Dickinson's 27 points, 21 rebounds. That was the reason Kansas won that game. We talked about it in the offseason. Hunter Dickinson played last year at Michigan. He was thought to be possibly going to Georgetown or to University of Maryland or maybe even to Kentucky, several other schools. Everybody in the country wanted Hunter Dickinson. He signed a multi-million dollar deal to play at Kansas, and I believe that the rumors in the deal were that he would sign to play for two years 
at Kansas, and the uh, seven-foot center, 20 and 20, 27 points, 21 rebounds last night in Kansas's win. We move over to the NHL here on the Sports App. Every day here on the Sports App, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history, and he has 826 goals on his career, chasing Wayne Gretzky's 894, needs 69 goals to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Last night, 21 minutes and 59 seconds time on the ice, three shots for Alex Ovechkin, but he failed to score a goal as the Caps win three to nothing thanks to Malenstein's goal here, helping the Caps win three nothing. Here's the call on WJFK. They leave Thompson in at 2-0. Here's Malenstein on a break. He scores with the goalie in. Beck Malenstein makes it 3 nothing. Washington. Caps are one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. You're listening to the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, like I mentioned, it is a VCU game day. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. The Rams have their first opportunity this season to go on a win streak, coming off the win against Samford. But Radford will be a tough test tonight from the Seagull Center. They fought hard against the Rams last year, only losing that game by eight. But they return almost their entire starting five, while we know the Rams are dealing with basically a brand-new roster with a new coach in Ryan Odom. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, it is a Wednesday, which means at 2.15 we'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar Gary Hess and talk some high school football as you've got the second round of the high school football playoffs uh, going down Friday night with a couple really good matchups highlighted by, I think, which is going to be a stellar one between Highland Springs and Oscar Smith. You're listening to The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You can always tweet me at 910 or at AWOD Radio. And a tweet just came in from a listener. It says, we need to point out the free throw differences between Michigan State and Duke. And I guess typical of Duke, they get every single call. They shot 30 free throws compared to just 12 for Michigan State as the Blue Devils defeat the Spartans last night in college hoops, 74-65. to And our buddy MP on the mic, for Michael Phillips, also texted me. He goes, Hunter Dickinson worth every penny uh, with his 27 points, 21 rebounds, and Kansas has come from behind victory against Kentucky last night. But here at Odyssey Richmond, we've been doing a, a really cool bit during the NFL season, and that is the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. And it's been fun to track throughout the season. I thought I had the hot hand. First six weeks, I didn't miss. Right? I picked the Ravens. Give me a ding. I picked the Cowboys. I had the Dolphins winning. The Vikings. The Lions. I even went with the Washington Commanders. And they got a win against the Atlanta Falcons. But then it was the gosh darn Buffalo Bills who screwed over AWOD as they lose to the New England Patriots. Now it's like, my goodness, what was I thinking picking the Bills? They're one of the most struggling teams in football right now. Quarterback Josh Allen throwing an interception every single game 
it seems like, and getting into fights on the sidelines with his teammates. So I was out with the Bills, and we are now down to the Odyssey Football Final Four that includes the voice of God, our program director, Zach McHugh. It includes Amy, who wanted me to tell all the audience members that she does not deserve the credit, that her husband has been picking the, the teams every single week. And it includes Ginny and Gary Hess. And Ginny and Gary Hess are with us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotlines. What's going on, Ginny? How are you today? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, you might have heard I got a little knee mishap, so I'm kind of laid up or else I would be in the studio with you. Well, it's great to get you on the show, and we also have the czar, Gary Hess. What's up, Gary? What's happening, my friend? What's happening? I would like to state right up front that the final four should be the final two, and it's, it's appropriate that Jenny and I are the ones that are on right now because we should be the only two still alive because buying back into a survivor pool is just dumb. <laughs> there you go. I said it. <laughs> Jenny, do you agree? Should we change the rules for next yeah. year? Yes, because I am. I'm actually. Um, and Gary and I did not have to buy our way back in. We we've been right since day one, right, Gary? That's right. We're undefeated. Yep. No. For you, now, you guys deserve a lot of credit for making it to the Odyssey Final Four, and uh, you know the stakes are pretty high. There's about I think 160 bucks on the line here for the winners, and so uh, let me start with you, Jenny. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about who you're thinking about picking this weekend in the NFL. Oh, I think I've already looked it up. Um, Jacksonville against Tennessee or, oh, my God, I had somebody else. Um, you know, I've been holding back on a lot of people, a lot of teams that might, like, I've never picked Miami. I, have, I still have them in, in my back pocket, and I have not used Jacksonville. And actually, I almost went with Buffalo, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> and so I might look at them, I, I'm not against the Jets, because they're kind of in disarray this week. Both teams are. Um, but I might, I might pick Buffalo if they get their act together. So the object is to hold on to some of the good teams so that you have something to um, do at the end so you're not stuck like, picking, I don't know, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh, which mm -hmm. I think is dangerous. Yeah, no, absolutely great explanation there. Gary, what are you thinking, Zar? It's kind of funny because I do the exact opposite. I do not worry about holding anybody in reserve because <laughs> in my experience in these things, well, in my experience in these normal ones where you're not allowed to buy back in, uh, the um, you know, if you if you start looking three and four weeks down the road, you can find yourself on the sidelines and done. So... I have just picked whoever the best team is, and if they're gone, they're gone. Um, I, too, still have Jacksonville, and they're on my radar this week. And gulp, gulp, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but uh, the Washington Commanders are on my radar this week. Wow. That is that is wild with all the money on the line well, here. Well, let me put it this way. Well, let me. Whoever's playing the New York Giants is on my radar every week. So. <laughs> Uh, right now, because wow. there, I mean, there are some train wrecks in the NFL, but they are the they are leading the pack right now. Yeah, I'll tell you something about the Commanders because you know, I kind of root for them. I I broke my own cardinal rule, and this is why I don't like about fantasy football or gambling is I actually picked the Eagles to beat the Commanders about four weeks ago, which they did, but it was very close. 
And so I was in the very uncomfortable position of rooting against my team so that I could stay in the um, survivor pool. And that's what happens in fantasy football, too. And, and gambling is at some point you're going to root against your own team if you're more interested in winning something else. Jenny, speaking of the commanders, do you think we finally found our franchise quarterback in Sam Howell? Apparently he's making really good progress with the enemy. I have my doubts. But <laughs> he, doesn't he lead the NFL in a lot of statistics? Yeah. Well, not like um, not like C.J. Stroud, but I, I think he's been very impressive. Um, I just think someone, they were talking about whose seat was hot, which coaches, and they said Ron Rivera's seat is on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if they lose to the Giants, I would send him home uh, before Thanksgiving. But uh, I, I just think they're going to keep him for the rest of the season probably. I mean, look, so the Commanders, if they lose to the Giants, then they have a game against the Cowboys four, ga- four days later, and it's kind of unfair to fire him and force an interim coach uh, to coach on three days rest, basically. But I'll tell you guys, my lock of the week is the Cowboys against the Panthers. All of you have already used oh, the Cowboys, so I you can't, can't use that's that. Right, I did. Yeah, I know. I know. I was. I just used them. I used them just this past week. Yeah. Right. Me too. Yeah. And I think it was it was almost too easy. I was. I told you, Awad. I was on the verge. I thought Jacksonville's on a roll. Maybe I'll pick them. And boy, I, then I, I'm glad I didn't touch that one. That was a huge disappointment. But I would pick them against Tennessee because I think Tennessee, the honeymoon is all over already with um, what's his name, Will Levis. Gary, what do you think of uh, I, what do you think of the rest of the competition here? You've got Amy and, and Zach McHugh. Are you worried about them? I'm sorry. Did you ask me that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, so Zach is Zach knows his football, so I'm always worried about him, and uh, and and I know Hunter very well too. Amy's Amy's husband, and Hunter Hunter knows his stuff as well, and I know very well that Jenny is a wise and learned person. So anybody that wins this is going to have to earn it. Jenny, how are you feeling about the competition? Um, I think it really. I think I wouldn't be surprised if all of us won next week, or if all of us lost. I mean, I just think that we're all making good picks, but the thing we can't control is when there's an upset. I mean, who expected um, Cleveland to beat the Ravens? Who expected Texas to beat Cincinnati? I mean, it just proves, you know, I don't want to be boring about any given day, Sunday, but really, I think from now on it's going to be touch and go, and it's not even going to be football knowledge. It's going to be whether – you know, the football gods are on your side or not. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we've been having so much fun here with the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. Gary, appreciate you taking the time to join the show. You're doing double duties as you're going to hop back on with me at 2.15 to talk a little high school football. Yeah, I need to go get myself positioned to drive down Richmond Highway, so I'll <laughs> see you in a little while. <laughs> Jenny, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you for having me. Yep, good luck this weekend as uh, we get down from the final four to possibly the final two, or maybe even crown a champion this weekend in the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. 
here on the new sports radio 910 the fan now at 105 1 fm phone lines are open throughout the show 833-804-0910 you can be the quarterback or the point guard of this segment 833-804-0910 we will go around college hoops in the state of virginia a ton of good games tonight including the vcu rams hosting radford from the Siegel Center. You can hear that game right here on 910 The Fan with an ex- extended pregame show this year live from the Commonwealth Room where I host in front of 300 screaming fans of Ram Nation, donors, and season ticket holders, and that begins tonight at 6.15. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Dave Johnson. What's going on, Dave? Well, we're, we're you know, this is the beauty of the NBA. Uh, it was a stinging defeat on, on Monday, but hey... <laughs> It's not like football where you have to wait a week to get over it. You get another chance uh, tonight. And it's, a uh, again, tough assignment. Dallas Mavericks are in, in town tonight, uh, one of the best players in the NBA. They feature one of the best offenses uh, they, they feature. So <laughs> uh, it doesn't get any easier. But, hey, you, you play it and you see what happens. Dave, we love having you on the show, but it's not a Wizards Wednesday if I don't hear the sounder. <laughs> it's a Wizards Wednesday on AWOD Radio. Feel foul wide. Oh, the first is Tune in as Dave Johnson, play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards, joins AWOD at 1230. Left wing for three. Oh, it's there! It's there! For a Wizards Wednesday on the fan. Dave, we do need to change the audio, but I love the call of one hand, two points! (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope we hear a few of that tonight, a little bit. So before we get into the Wizards, I have to get your take on the brawl last night in the NBA with Draymond Green uh, choking out Rudy Gobert. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's it's never good to for things to to escalate to that situation or that that much uh, when you have hands around neck and, and that type of thing. So. Um, uh, look, I, I mean, uh, this is uh, and no excuses, but I'm just glad that this doesn't happen, you know, more because uh, um, th- it's a very physical game, basketball now. Uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's it's as much as we talk about three point and, uh, you know, the, the spacing on the court, it's a tight court with incredibly athletic humans uh and it gets physical and and you have got to find a way to keep emotions in check and you know that's the bottom line because nobody the nba doesn't want to see that kind of situation and and uh, uh you just hope it's it's not something that uh, is repeated but uh it'll be obviously dealt with and and we'll see what the nba has to say about it yeah i, I mean i think draymond green deserves to be suspended at least five games i mean we talk about how the in-season tournament was supposed to help against load management. Well, that incident happened with zeros on the scoreboard. Nobody had even scored. So it kind of makes me think that a couple of the Warriors just didn't even want to play in the game. Yeah, I again, I really don't know the, the circumstances, and obviously I'm not around the Warriors. So, um, I, I, again, I'm a fan of the NBA in-season tournament and, and you know, what it will grow to. Now, keep when I say – you know, I understand people saying why well, it's hard to get excited about it. Well, it's it's never been done before, so right. it's very <laughs> it's hard to get excited about something that doesn't have a of a history. As, I, as I've said before, when when now somebody wins a trophy, uh, or maybe somebody will have a chance to win two uh, trophies in a row. Or, or it, it, a 
again, things develop over time. But the important thing is that you go ahead and try something, you know, innovative. Uh, we could talk about, you know, certainly other sports with, with, you know, long schedules about, you know, well, how much does uh, a hockey game in November mean or, or a baseball game in, in, in May or, or that type of thing. So, uh, you know, the NFL is the only one where, where because of its incredibly short schedule by for obvious reasons and by comparison – uh, where wow, suddenly you know, lose two games in a row, or, or you, you know that that the two two losses in September could literally unravel your whole season. So it, it, magnet, it magnifies each NFL game. So I, I think the NBA in season tournament for the Wizards, we've got another one coming up Friday mm-hmm. against the Knicks. You know, I think we're losing our first two games when you're only talking about playing four, and only you know out of each. Um, conference only four teams advanced so the Wizards really are in a must-win situation if they aren't almost out of it but um and that adds some spice to it because uh, look this is a Wizards team that that is not you know targeted for or, or built for playoffs this year but that's what why do you play these kind of tournament games because anything can happen on on any given night in in November and and December uh, and it does uh, make regular season games uh, more important. Now, to the Warriors' question, I, again, I have no idea just because I'm not around the team and, and what's going on. Dave Johnson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear the radio party right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, calling Wizards games. And um, let's go back to the game against Toronto because I felt like most Wizards fans on social media – we're really frustrated with that one. And, and like you said, you know, we're not built for a deep playoff run this year, but when you have an opportunity to win some games and you have a big fourth quarter lead, it's it's embarrassing and for the fan base to see a collapse like that in the fourth quarter. Well, it's embarrassing for the players and coaches as well. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, what 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 needs to be if the way we look at that game or the way I look at that game, uh, that there is going to be – um, a game now, maybe in December, maybe tonight, where they don't lose a fourth quarter lead and they close it, and that's mm-hmm. that's progress. They didn't intentionally say, "Well, let's lose this this game," but it it showed and reminded us that you know, again, every quarter is important. You want to build a lead, but no lead is necessarily safe. That lead, quite frankly, should have been safe. I understand, but. <laughs> Welcome to when you're rebuilding, when you have eight new players. Uh, as Kyle Kuzma, in, in measured tones after the game, says, you, you learn that okay, you know, we we've got to be different in the in the in the fourth quarter. Now, what what that means is that's that's not a coaching thing. That's that's obviously their execution of what they were trying to do in in the fourth quarter was not what it needed to be because they were held scoreless for I think the last five minutes or. Or whatever it was. So this, this is the part when people talk about, you know, we're going to rebuild. <laughs> and I've seen it, but there's going to be games like this. There's going to be games. The Brooklyn Nets game, quite frankly, they should have won that. Yeah. Now, where did they lose that game? Uh, you could point to offensive rebounding. Okay. Yes, but but they committed three turnovers in a row in the fourth quarter. If you look at the box score of that Brooklyn Nets game, and you don't see the game or listen to the game, you know, there's not 
necessarily, you're not going to necessarily say, look and say, well, they lost it because of turnovers. But yes, they did. Because if you don't turn the ball over on three consecutive possessions in the fourth quarter, uh, you do win that game because that's an amazing swing. And I witnessed it. And, and the, the three turnovers were, were just as much mental mistakes as they were forced by the, by the Brooklyn Nets. So, again, welcome to, you know, the rebuild uh, or whatever, you know, the process, whatever the term, the term is. And it, it's, it's, you walk away from that, that Toronto game on Monday and, and you say, okay, uh, you know, it was some of the best basketball defensively and offensively they, they had played for two and a half quarters, Yeah, but that's not good enough. And so, um, and I, and you understand the, the frustration and, and, you know, the, the passion, but um, it, it, again, it, you just have to move on. There's another 72 of these and, and, but then you have to, you understand the people upset about it. So that just makes you more, uh, looking forward to celebrating the growth. And this is something we actually talked about in the preseason that, that Michael Winger, our president, talked about, that part of the storyline will be when you have that fourth quarter against a good team like Toronto or uh, whatever, and, and it, it now you're closing games you should close, that's growth. And that's what we need to see. Obviously, we didn't see it Monday against Toronto. So you move on knowing you have to grow and learn. And also in the midst of that, you have some special things developing, like the play of Bilal Koulibaly, who uh, the, the past two games, as frustrating as the losses were, encouraging was his play. What's the latest on DeLon Wright? I love watching him play, but he's really been hurt by the injury bug over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, he's out four to six weeks, and that that's certainly – that's certainly a blow. Um, you know, you could we could have used him also uh, on Monday night because that's that experience. Uh, not only the way he plays at both ends of the court, by the way, now, uh, but also that's you know not that you want a young player to get injured, but it, it's certainly on this team to have an experienced player like Delon Wright go out. You know, it's going to hurt, and and unfortunately, it it. Uh, it hurt last season as, as the Wizards were in a very good position, if you remember October, November, as I remember actually beating the Mavericks probably a similar time. I, I'd have to go back, and I should go back and look. Uh, and we, we were about to go on the road, and we beat the Mavericks, and, and everything's feeling good. And then DeLon Wright you know, was out after that game for an injury, uh, and it did change the dynamic. And, and it was one of those things where DeLon Wright was new to our team, and, and you're not – you know, on the on the surface, you're thinking, well, okay, he's a he's a backup, he's a role player, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, maybe that's something that the Wizards can survive. But instead, uh, you know, we kept noticing um, his absence. And you know, to the to Jordan Goodwin's credit, if you remember that name, he yeah. ended up in the Phoenix Suns trade. But all of a sudden, he was able to develop, and and actually, quite frankly, had a lot of Jordan Goodwin. Uh, traits and became one of the the stories of the season. We, I mean, you cannot underestimate how hard it was to do what he did. He went from being a G League player to an NBA contract, and it just it's such a big jump. Uh, and and you know the the G League is great at developing players, and so many NBA players do play in in the G League. But 
but he became not only just a G League to an NBA player, but a coveted NBA player because of the way he played the game. That's Dave Johnson, play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards. Follow him on Twitter at Dave J Sports. Thanks a lot, man. All right, listen, I appreciate everybody staying with us. And again, feel Richmond, feel free to connect with me tonight. Loudmouth Jimmy did, so I need more Richmond folks connecting with me. <laughs> we'll talk soon. We love that. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We will talk commanders at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. The question of the day, it's the question everyone wants to know. Is Sam Howell the franchise quarterback for the Washington Commanders? 833-804-0910. I've heard both sides. I've heard people say, oh, yeah, look at him statistically. If you watch him with the eye test, he looks like he's the real deal. And I've had some people say, hey, slow down a little bit. It's only 11 games. Remember RG3's rookie year. Remember some of the things Kirk Cousins did uh, here in Washington. We've had quarterbacks that we believed were the franchise guy in the past. you got to wait until you get at least a full season, if not two, of a sample size. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can hear him Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. It's Michael Phillips. What's going on, MP? Yo, feeling good, and uh, I mean, this is the week to ask the question after a really good Sam Howell performance in Seattle there. Absolutely, but uh, we wanted to talk a little college hoops with you, and uh, it is a VCU game day, but it's also a game day for the Hokies there in Blacksburg hosting Campbell. Yeah, I'd love to see a nice bounce-back performance there. That was kind of a rough loss against South Carolina, you know, South Carolina team that hasn't been mega impressive and was not picked to finish very high. I think they were picked last in the SEC. Uh, it would be great to get a bounce back here I, in what you hope is a bounce back year overall, right? I, I like Mike Young. I think everybody likes Mike Young, the blue collar mentality he's brought in, his work ethic. Uh, but it's, man, it's, it's a grind once you get to ACC play. If you don't take care of business now, it's really tough to take care of business later. And speaking of ACC teams, the Spiders of Richmond, who are 2-0, and traveled to face off against Boston College. Have you seen Richmond yet this season? I, you know, I, I watched them a little bit against VMI. They looked very impressive. Chris Mooney always has his teams ready to go out of the gate. I, I love their scheduling. Their scheduling is always really good. They've always got a lot of name teams, but not like, oh, crap, they'll lose by 40 teams, right? Like, they, you know, they're always got the, those kind of Boston Colleges and Wake Forests and and a mix of those teams where it's like, okay, this is going to be a good test. This could be a really good win for them, but also like, not like this is impossible for them. I, I, I give them kudos on their scheduling. They, they seem to really nail that every year, and I know that's a tribute to what they got going over there because it is not easy to book games right now. You can tell you about that. Yep, and, and Isaiah Bigelow is the big man down low for the Spiders this year, and he's really like doubled his production from last year. He had 17 uh, in the win against Siena, and, and on the season he's averaging 12 points, which is up from just 7 points per game last year. So Spiders against Boston College is a good one. And then you mentioned it, VCU hosting Radford. And this is not going to be an easy game for the Rams as Radford nearly stole a victory last year against a VCU squad 
that was cooking last year, maybe not the beginning of the year, but they, they knew how to play with each other. And I think that's the thing that we need to take a step back and realize about this team is they are basically a brand new roster. And every game, they're starting to slowly figure out where each other likes to be on the court. I think VCU leads the league in moments of making me stand up and get real excited and then quietly sit back down because <laughs> the thing that I thought was going to happen didn't actually happen. Like, tossing the alley-oops and running the fast breaks. Like, they get out and they do it, man. Like, they know what they're doing, and then it ends with a turnover or it ends with a bad pass or something like that. I do believe they can clean it up, and I believe they will clean it up. Um, I'm, still, I'm still buying stock. Uh, you know, this, this, is, uh, this is still a team I believe in long-term. But you nailed it. These are tough early season tests. This is going to be one of the biggest games Radford plays all season. They would love to get VCU at the Siegel Center. Um, and they come in with that cohesion already. They come in already as a team. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm nervous for this one for that reason. And it's part of, you know, you're either the hunter or the hunted. And, and VCU's the hunted. They're, they're a name. They're the team everybody wants to beat. And when you're not quite ready, that, that can turn the other way. I, I will throw out a quick shout-out. Uh, to UVA as well. We'll make it four for four there and talking about the big teams. They took care of business last night. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think UVA's got a really good team this year. People are coming around on that as well. Yep, and, and sticking with college hoops, you had Shaka Smart's team, number four Marquette, improved to 3-0 with a 71-64 win over Illinois. And it's Tyler Kolek who led the team with 24 points. And I, I just think he, he's such a cool story because he was at Mason uh, back in the day and now has been, what, Big East Player of the Year. He was unbelievable with Marquette last year. And he leads the way for Shaka Smart's team. Oh, no question. That's, that's a Marquette team that I, I think people don't really, because they had the early exit from the tournament, they lost to Michigan State there. I don't, I don't think people understand. This is a really good basketball team in what may be toughest conference to play in night in, night out. I mean, every time we talk about conference affiliation, right, that's what we say, got to get VCU to the Big East, man. That, that's the place to be. There's a really high caliber of basketball happening there. And Marquette's leading the way right now. They're, they're an excellent team in that division. Speaking of former coaches, did you see where um, uh, Rhodes benched Ace Baldwin for the start of the game the other day, would only call it a coach's decision? Yeah, I, I did. And uh, I'm monitoring that closely because uh, I, I feel <laughs> like, you know, it, it's a little bit shaky between Coach Rhodes and Ace Baldwin. I, I know they really got along at, at VCU, but I know for a fact there were times where, you know, Ace felt like that they weren't running the offense through him enough. And, um, you know, he's such a talented player, but uh, I, I do think it's going to be a tough season for him and Penn State this year. But uh, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, 3-0 yes, on the year. What were your thoughts about Hunter Dickinson? Uh, you always love to brag on the alma mater. And uh, Hunter Dickinson, as, as, as we like to say, not my money, so, so it was worth <laughs> every penny. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll pass the hat, though. You know, I don't know if the VCU Alumni Association is as aggressive <laughs> as the Jayhawk Alumni Association, but they, uh, they, they work their way into your pockets a lot. But uh, – if, if that's what we're paying for, I'm I'm not mad. Uh, that, that was a great showing last night. I, man, I I, I want to brag on Kansas, but I really want to say though, Kentucky, man, I don't know what's up with Cal. He he hasn't been the same in a few years. I, I like, is he going to get it again, or is this like a Bill Belichick end out there? Oh I, no! Don't you do this, Michael. Come on now. He he revamped and regrouped his roster, and they've got a, a ton of talent. And they should have won that game, Michael. You're talking smack because you you came back, but you were down by double digits. Yeah, but I, I like 
he's not a finisher anymore. I, like, it, look, we got our own things, and, and, and it, it was a very nice win. And they they've got the very best team they can assemble as they do every year. But boy, it's just those, those warning lights flash earlier every year of like they they got to close that out. They do, but uh, I will say that I have my new favorite player in college basketball that's not a Ram, and that's Reed Shepard. The freshman guard was running around that game, hitting three-point shots, and uh, he's got a really cool story. Uh, I know my friend is a big Kentucky fan. I think his dad played. His I think his mom and dad both played for Kentucky. Hey, it, it, he was he was great. He's like that's always a great collection of talent. I, I love that they do that early season every year where they rotate Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, and Kentucky. Yeah. That's just it, it's so good for the sport. Get get those big early season matchups. I, I've always wanted, you know, a Virginia version of that where we can get UVA Tech, VCU, uh, you know, and, and, and whoever else is popping into the same place and rotate them around. It's just so good when we have games worth talking about at this time of the year. Yeah, I, I think you'd say Virginia Tech, VCU, UVA. You might have to include JMU right now in that. Uh, you know, historically, ODU would be the team, but right now, JMU's the hot hand and, uh, I think the way they've managed their transition to the Sun Belt, which is which is kind of a decent basketball conference. Like I, I, I was like, oh man, basketball's going to hurt there when they go CAA to Sun Belt. But looking up and down, there there's some teams that that, that can give some games this year. So uh, I may, maybe not as bad as I, I underrated ODU. That's that's a program that killed itself. It killed its basketball by chasing football glory. Uh, a cautionary tale for everybody, but they they'd probably tell you it was worth it because the football's so good. But uh, you know, I hate hate to see that hate to see the basketball the way it is because life was never more fun than those rivalry games. So the question today on the Richmond Commander is Sam Howell, the franchise quarterback for the Commanders. Who are you going to speak to uh, when you get to Ashburn? Yeah, you know, and I I'm excited to talk to the receivers. Uh, Terry McLaurin always gives great perspective on that where they stand. This is an important week for them because the last time we were down on Sam Howell was after the New York Giants game before. He's, he's been on a little bit of a heater since then, and so maybe a chance to atone for that, a, a little bit of revenge, uh, whatever you might call that. Uh, a pretty big game this week for him to show, yes, I've, I've learned from that. I, I've seen what they've done, uh, and I've put it behind me. So I, I'll be curious to see how they're moving up. Always love chatting with, uh, with our guy, Logan Thomas. I don't know if you saw the video, DK Metcalf signing his jersey for Logan's yep, kid, which yeah. was uh, – uh, it's super great. I love love to see that, obviously. And uh, on, on defense, I, you know, the Washington Post, Nikki Javala had a big story today, kind of questioning if, if Deron Payne and, and Jonathan Allen need to step up and produce a little bit more. Now, you know my belief that, that this thing starts in the secondary and at linebacker. They're not the problem, but I think it's maybe fair to say at this point they're not as much a part of the solution as they were last year either. Yeah, Logan Thomas asking DK for his jersey, not a problem. If that was Benjamin St. Juice, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that clip? Oh, <laughs> that, That's three segments. Yeah. All right, that's MP on the mic. Follow him on Twitter, Michael PNRVA, and you can check him out from 10 to noon, Monday through Friday. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. It's the Richmond Commander coming up next.